Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Uh, geez, we're coming off a week off. We're, we're fresh up off off a spell, and there's been a bit happened during uh, during the week. We uh, we had off there. Desi's prophecy of a Blues demolition of the Maroons came through, led by Tommy Turbo. Two games in a row, Desi was on the money there. Uh, we're in lockdown. Uh, all us boys based in Sydney and, and half the country is anyway. So I hope everyone's keeping well out there and staying safe as possible. Uh, fingers crossed, we get through this one as quick as possible. Let's get into the Supercoach. As I said, we are fresh and ready to go for the run home. There's about eight or nine weeks left, a bit over two months, uh, and we want one of these SC playbook followers to take the overall title, and we want to help you win your head-to-head leagues. Let's start off with that man. It is Desi Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well, Timmy. Uh, obviously very chuffed on that uh, New South Wales series win, and even more so about that manly comeback uh, win against the Titans the other week. Um being a super coach, you know, addict can sometimes work both ways when you're watching rugby league. Like on the one hand, it can make those dull games more entertaining as you watch your own players play, but sometimes it can, in, it can have that uh, sort of reverse effect where you aren't really enjoying the game for what it is and you get caught up in the super coach scoring. But yeah, recently I've been able to sort of rekindle my love for just watching the game for the masterpiece that it is and without sort of just scoring the whole game super coach points in my head while watching it. So, yeah, been in a good headspace just watching some footy, watching some of the greatest fullbacks ever to grace the, the field, all playing the exact same era. It's, it's something special. It's brilliant, isn't it, mate? And you put it so well. It's We all love Supercoach, and we all get caught up in it. We all get a little too caught up in it, especially us boys. And you've just got to try and sit back and just, just enjoy the footy and the product for what it is. And it's so exceptional at the moment from what we've seen. Um, you know, it can be hard to put Supercoach and, and your feelings to that aside at times. But if you can manage to do it, it makes a much more enjoyable watch. Mate, on that Manly game, it feels like yonks ago since uh, Tommy Turbo got his 208 points, I think it was. It basically defined round 15 in Supercoach. How did you come out of that round and how are your boys tracking? Yeah, I scored around 1,400, which I think was a, a, about par. I think you scored around something similar. But yeah, anyone without Turbo um, missing that 200-plus score, most people would have captained him if you did have him. Um, yeah, there's just no way you're going to move up ranks after a week like that. But yeah, I wasn't too upset with that performance from Turbo as a Manly fan. Um, I was cheering him home to break the Supercoach record despite not owning him. Oh. But yeah, but yeah, the second half performance is really just the best I've seen Manly play in years, and yeah, it gave me sort of hope that we can make a push for that top four spot come finals time, and maybe pit Parramatta as their their draws a bit tougher than ours, I think. Mate, I said that it's good to put your Supercoach feelings aside when possible, but there's a, there's a very strong line to that, and and wishing one of your non players that's very popular in Supercoach to get two hundred is not one of those lines. <laughs> uh, they could let, they could let Brad Parker do the damage and score a double ton, and that would have been the same result for you as a Manly fan. But anywho, mate, yeah, uh, the mighty challenge fourteen hundred points. Uh, we dropped back to 1,300th overall after being up to 660 the week before. Sold Tommy Turbo, thinking, knowing he'd just get these two games during the origin period. He was going to play two of six, or it looks like it. Uh, the risk was always there, but gee, that was a terrifying watch. And it cost me a, a jump up in the rankings because otherwise it was a good week. A man who did have Tommy Turbo and continues his surge in Supercoach 
for whatever psychotic reason, he didn't skipper him. I tried to tell him. I know he's ahead of me, but uh, it is the Supercoach spy, but spy, you didn't skipper Tommy, but you're still firing. Boys, the Tommy curse continued. Um, my fault this time, though. I was chatting to you boys on the Saturday, actually, so I'll bring I'll bring all three of us into the blame game here. I was chatting about the weather in Sydney, and I said, after all the, the dramas I've had with Tommy when I've skipped him in the past, I'm a bit scared to do it in this weather. No one batted an eyelid and told me that it was at the Gold Coast where the sun was out. <laughs> but I should know that. I did know it earlier in the week, but for whatever reason, my mind made me believe come Saturday night that uh, it was, in fact, in Sydney. That could have been the eight or nine beers talking, but I put it on Nico Hines as a result. And to be honest, the way Melbourne went, they put 66 on the Tigers. If I knew that before the game, I would have happily had it on Hines, um, knowing his goal kicking. But a lot of the attack, by the time it got to Hines, they well, it didn't get to him because they'd already scored through the middle. It was an absolute shellacking for the poor old Tigers fans. Uh, and then come Sunday, Arvo, oh, what an absolute blitz. He, um, he come out early and went bang, bang. And then second half, as we saw, uh, as Desi alluded to earlier, just an absolute carvac. The Titans, to say they didn't have an answer is an, the understatement of the century. They weren't even close to stopping Manly. Uh, it wasn't good, so we'll see what they've learned going into this weekend. But outside of that, I still managed to stay steady. Scored 1,575, which is a monster score. I think I might have been up in 1,700s if I ended up skippering Tommy, but not to be. Um, and sitting about 290 still. So hopefully ready to make a charge now um, as we get into the, the business end of the year. Spy, you're like when I sort of see messages like that from people, I, you know, I, I take a lot of notice of them and whatnot, but... Coming from you, of all people, it was kind of like when you said that that game that you thought was in Sydney, I just brushed past it thinking, like, there's no way the spy doesn't know this is on the Gold Coast in the sunny conditions. It was like, mate, you know many, many how, how many sets of shoes Blake Ashford has in his cupboard? Um, so to know where a game of footy is being held, I just thought it was a no-brainer that you knew. So, mate, you've got to forgive us for, for, for you getting that one wrong. No, that's fair enough. I, um, as I said, I've just had an absolute shock. I don't know how I managed to <laughs> do that, but it happened. But anyway, not to be. As I said, I was happy with, with playing Hines and a side that scored 60. just mm. wasn't to be that night. So all good, boys. We roll on. Yeah, and, and you were you were stuck with a miserly 1,570-point score. Life's tough for the spy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boys, that's look into the key Supercoach team news of the week. A few pretty significant changes. None other than the hottest topic of the week. Probably the hottest topic of the year. Uh, coming off the Blues series win, Nathan Cleary injured in that one. We're still awaiting further news on, on on how his shoulder's going, but it doesn't look good. He's in massive doubt for Origin three, which would mean he misses round sixteen. Obviously not named this week. Uh, he was missing round seventeen of NRL anyway. You'd have to think it puts him in doubt for round eighteen, maybe even nineteen. There's even talk of being longer. Uh, Desi, one point zero six million dollars. Break-even of over 200, which I think the break-even is pretty irrelevant for Cleary. It's more the trades. Mate, what are you doing with him this week? Are you holding or selling? Uh, I'll probably have to sell him, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> I've just got to throw throw everything I have at the last few trades I have here and just hope that he, I guess, that he doesn't come back and play and obliterate, which he probably will. But uh, I think I'm targeting Cody Nicarima as a potential replacement. Just throw throw the spanner in. So realistically, mate, you're getting rid of Cleary and barring low scores when he comes back and getting down to seven seven fifty k, probably not going to finish the season with Cleary for when he comes back. 
Oh, uh, you wouldn't rule it out, but... Yeah, you wouldn't rule it out. Obviously, he can punish you a lot, as he has been to anyone who doesn't own him this season. But, yeah, I think it's a risk you have to take in the rank that I'm... The position I'm in, mm. um, around 5,000th. But anyone inside the top 5,000, I wouldn't be selling him. No mm. chance. Spy, give us your thoughts on it. And in particular, I think... It's important to note that as the week, the next few days unfold and we do get more information, it'll make the decision easier. What sort of round return would he need to have absolute latest for you to hold on to him? It's a good question. Um, first of all, it all comes down to how many trades you've got. I think you want to have enough that you know you can get him back regardless if he comes back and plays, say, the last month of footy. You know what he'll do for you in that month if he comes back freshened up. Um, in terms of round, if I heard before, say, Friday that he was going to be back by round 19 which mean, or 20, which means he'd miss round 16, he was going to miss 17 and 18 anyway. I had penciled in uh, origin by and then the week after origin, you'd, you'd think he's every chance of getting that rest anyway. So you're really only missing this weekend if he comes back in round 19 or if he comes back in round 20, I'd be happy to hold, to be honest. Um, in saying that, if we don't get definitive news, I think if you can afford to do it, you do have just even an extra trade up your sleeve than making the move to someone like Nick Arima or, or Sean Johnson or one of these boys that plays the buy will get you those extra buy points and then you can bring back Cleary if you need to. But, I mean, people have to be running out of trades. That's just the reality. So if you need to hold him, you'll do that. I think you just need to wait on definitive news, hopefully before the weekend, or if you can hold off a trade to one of those boys till next week, we should know a lot more. Uh, but I think it's going to be case by case, yeah. And me personally, I think if he's going to be missing three or four weeks of footy, I'll make the move, having saved mm. a few trades earlier. But you got to be really careful because you don't want to not have him for the last six weeks. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm thinking if he's missing up until, say he had a due date back of around 19, which is a game against the Broncos, I think I'd hold and save those trades. Anything later than round 19, uh, it's just it's a lot of money sitting there. Further to that, after round, say he were to come back round 20, uh, that's games up against the Storm and the Roosters. Uh, really, I mean, basically as tough as it gets, defensively speaking. So, you know, maybe you can afford to go without him for those two games. A massive drop in price coming anyway. Uh, so that's why I'm looking at it at the moment. But far out, it is a tough one. Um, good news for Matty Burton, known as myself included, who was potentially on the chopping block. Look, I was probably going to hold him anyway, but the temptation of like a Sean Johnson or Cody Nicarima or the likes were there. Uh, but Desi, Matty Burton moving to the halves, do we like this for his super coach prospects? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think he'll pair pretty well with Luai. Um, he'll get a fair share of the kicking as well. Um, and I think, yeah, he put on some big scores when he, he was playing the halves. So I think he'll be semi-dominant there. Um, I can see, yeah, him going pretty well. Mm, I like it as well, mate. I'll definitely be holding Matty Burton now. And as I said, coming back after Origin for those games, uh, some pretty nice games against the Warriors and Broncos where Cleary, we think, will be out. Uh, is a big one. Boys, CSC for Talakai starting again in the back row for the Sharks. Interesting one. I brought him in on late notice last week. I went a week early on him. Uh, I wasn't thrilled about doing it. I can't remember what the scenario was. I think that allowed me to go read Marnie to Harry Grant, which... Looked a terrific trade at the time, and then Harry Grant obviously twinged his hammy, which I'm, I'm still not too upset about. I can cover him in the interim uh, until he comes back, and I'm very happy having Grant in my team. Talakai came out first 20 minutes. 
owners, non-owners, whatever, sitting on, gee, it was busting tackles, looking brutal. Uh, and then I think in his next 20 minutes, he led in two tries and you sort of thought, oh, his starting spot in this side is pretty shaky. Um, Spy, Talakai now is, is dropped even more, mainly about 330K. I think he played off the top of my head, was it 47 or something minutes uh, last week? How do you see his prospects ahead of, of round 17? I mean, I can't see why you jump on this week. You need to see him play this week, secure that spot and, you know, play minimum 60 minutes with Teague Wilton looming on the bench. That's it, mate. You definitely not get him this week, um, but he becomes an excellent buy next week if he plays some solid minutes uh, on the weekend. Uh, again, though, trades are running out, so you just want to make sure whoever you're you're sacking for to get Taylor Coy in. You want to just make sure it's worth it. But I mean, yeah, if he's playing 65 pass this weekend, he looks like a pretty good purchase. Uh, then you've just got to bank on Wade Graham being out long term rather than coming back in three or four weeks, which would mean you're, you're down a center spot then if Taylor Coy goes back to the bench and you're likely going to be low on trades in terms of getting rid of Taylor Coy at that stage. So I think there's risk involved in getting him. But uh, from someone like yourself who owns him, if you can get 65 pass, you're absolutely laughing heading into bye week. Yep. Uh, Josh Curran and Ewan Aitken. Curran, obviously, the more significant one. Most likely out of round 17 for the Warriors game there, which is is the reason that people held him. Uh, he and Aitken were on a, a virgin flight, I think it was, where there was a COVID case on it. So they have to quarantine for two weeks, which basically drops them on the day of the game, or it might be the day before. So even if they do have to isolate for two weeks, you can't see them going straight into a game off, off the back of nothing unless there's a lot of injuries. Uh, that'd be a huge injury risk, you'd have to think. So bit of a blow for, or big blow for current owners there. A couple of other things to get through. Josh Schuster, still not named for Manly. Uh, big news for his owners, myself included, because uh, while I was pretty happy to hold him, I was sort of, the big thing was we wanted him for next week in that round 17 game. So praying we'll be back for that one. DC, he will be out. Uh, Tommy Turbo will be out. So hopefully he just slots in at 5-8 next week, but uh, that'll be a bad hold if he doesn't play next week. James Tedesco named back up from Origin, although that's certainly not confirmed at this stage. Sammy Walker named again. No Joseph Suwali. Uh, Spy, Sammy Walker, you held on to him. I can't imagine he'd be playing him this week, uh, but you'd be happy to see him named ahead of that Bulldogs game next week. Stoked, mate. Yeah, I just need to get through this match and then be ready for the doggies next week. Um, the only reason I would play him this week is if we get some news on Origin guys potentially resting. Guys like, um, you know, Travojevic, I don't know, and Tedesco, but Tedesco, obviously that'd be the same match. Uh, and if the Penrith boys are potentially going to sit at all, that could leave people a bit short. So given he does play on the Thursday night, it could be worth just getting an active player into your team. But against Melbourne, very dangerous. So at this stage, I'll certainly look to sit him if I can uh, and freshen him up for next week. Yeah, unless you're really desperate this week, which as the spy said, teams may be. I'd be really trying not to play him this week against the Storm, but see how it pans out. Uh, no Ryan Pappenhausen still at the Storm. Sort of thinking he'll be back around 18 at this stage. He's been running with the team, so I can be back around 18, but the word is sort of anywhere between that round 18 to 20 mark. Charlie Staines named at fullback for the Panthers. Makes him a viable play in 17s this week, particularly yeah, with pretty scarce numbers for us. A few big ones up at the Knights, Desi, and that's Kalen Ponga back into the side, which basically bodes well for everyone's supercoach credentials there and a big watch over coming weeks on KP. And, mate, Mitchie Barnett in the back row played 80 minutes last week on an edge. Uh, Des, Barnett's got to be a hold if he's playing 80 minutes on the edge, doesn't he? Yeah, um, if he's definitely holding down that spot. With Kalen Ponga back in the side, we just know that um, he can feed him some bullet-like balls and, Barnett on 80 minutes is capable of going and getting those 100-plus scores. We've seen it 
a few times with this uh, this season already, and Ponga put him over for a few meat pies early in the season. Um, and a lot of people have rushed to sell by now, which makes him just a really good antipod for the next mm. few weeks. Yeah. Play him on matchups. Bloody just killing us the Knights this season. Just about everyone. The one thing on Barnett, no way would I be selling him uh, if I owned. I got rid of him a couple of weeks ago. But I do expect – when he carved up with Caelan Ponga earlier in the season, that was on the left edge with Lockie Fitzgibbon back. Fitzgibbon will be on the left edge, I assume. Barnett to the right where I don't see him getting the same sort of attacking stats. But regardless, he's a hold anyway. No Matt Tomoko, who was one of the most traded-in players this week at just over 200 grand for the Raiders. Looked like a handy little cheapy potential at centre wing for us just to free up some cash. Uh, but Jared Croker, the skipper, is back there, so no Matt Tomoko. Tony Staggs also back in for, I think it's his, yeah, his first game of the season, which is really exciting for the Broncos. And for Supercoach, and one to keep an eye on over coming weeks. Guys, if you're interested in our subscription package, we've dropped our prices, $20 for the rest of the season, stacks of extra articles each week. Uh, as I said, there's a bit over two months left of action in the season. Access to our subscriber special podcast will hopefully get you, help you get you over the line in your head-to-head competitions and if you're in the run home uh, in the race for the overall title. Fellas, let's get into our topic of the week. And, I mean, we've already sort of chatted a little bit about it, but... It's the Super Trade Week. We've got five trades to play with this week. I should have mentioned that earlier for anyone who didn't know. Um, we're already running a little bit low on trades this season, or most of us are. Basically, let's have a chat about how we're going to approach it personally. You know, the trades that we're going to be using, uh, how, how many we want to use, our numbers for round 17, etc., etc. Spy, I'll start with you, mate. How many, while it's obviously going to be based on your personal lineup and how many trades you've used as a whole, I think we're all relatively similar in that we've all saved anywhere between maybe two and five trades max. How many trades do you think we should be using this week? As you said, mate, team dependent 100%. Um, All I would say to everyone is this. Have a look at who you will still need to get into your side after this weekend. You might have blokes like Pappenhausen, David Fafita, Harry Grant if he comes back healthy and playing big minutes. Just look at the guys that you consider must-haves for the end of the the year. Say it's those three blokes, for example, and everyone else you can bypass if necessary. That's three extra trades you're going to need. Um, plus you'll need to count for injuries, suspensions, restings at the end of the year uh, for overall players there and head-to-head as well. So the way I look at it, I will have, I'm going to use four trades this week, uh, which is probably one more than a lot of people should maybe do. But if I use my four, that'll give me seven trades in hand for the rest of the season. I already own Fafita and Harry Grant, so I'll just need to get Pappenhausen back in, which will give me six trades post-Origin just to deal with the unforeseen things that are bound to happen. I really don't want to have any less than six. If I opt to move Cleary on, that might give me five, uh, but I think somewhere around that mark, you're going to want trades left at the end of the year. I know others will have a, a different opinion, like Desi might go hard, for example, and try and get the points now and hold on late. But I tell you what, it could be one of the toughest years ever, given suspensions, uh, the speed of the game causing injuries, restings at the end of the year leading into the finals. Uh, you're going to need trades. So I want at least that many, uh, which is six or seven post-origin, uh, to help deal with that stuff. So using two trades next week as well? No, nah, none. Um, I'd be no. happy to hold it out to, to do two and two, but uh, just the way it's worked for me, I wouldn't mind getting – if I'm going to get Fafita in, I'll do it now. Um, and a couple of the blokes I want to use. I just want mm-hmm. to get him in now, blokes like Garrick against uh, the Bulldogs. I mean, there's no point waiting a week if I know I want them anyway, so I'm just going to do it now. Mm. 
And it's a good point you make on, on guys that we need to get back in. It's, it's all good and well to say, yeah, I'll sell Nathan Cleary. But, I mean, a lot of us uh, don't own right now David Fafita, who's a must-have post-round 17. Tom Trebojevic, must-have post-round 17. Nathan Cleary, who's more than likely going to be a must-have to come back into your team whenever he's fit and firing. Ryan Pappenhausen's another one who could return and go 150-150 and be a must-have. Um, you've got to factor these things in your team and, and obviously the spies on top of that one. Desi... You're, you've already mentioned it, but you are, you're on the end for going hard, hard as hell in Supercoach. How many trades are you looking at using, I suppose, this week and next week? I'm actually, yeah, it's one of those rare occasions where I think Spies hit the nail on the head with this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm thinking I'm probably only going to use three out of the five trades actually this week, but I probably won't save any next week. Um, mm. I'll probably use one or two next week, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things if you've managed to save like four or five trades so far, I can get around the idea of going really hard at it and using all five trades, but I, I unfortunately haven't saved that many trades. Um, so yeah, it all just sort of depends on the current state of your team. You've got to be very flexible and reactionary with your trades um, for this trade trade week. But yeah, in theory, they should be uh, sort of all focused on getting round 17 players, but it also makes sense, like Spy said, to bring in um, keepers, um, because you've got very limited trades left. Um, so I can see why people would bring in sort of Tommy Turbo this week if they don't have him and for feeder. Um, I was going to use one of my five trades actually to bring back Pappenhausen this week, but yeah, he's out now. So um, yeah, I will think I'll only be bringing in around 17 players, uh, but also probably Turbo as well. Desi, thanks for the, the compliment there, mate. Obviously, do- lockdown's gotten to you, and it's only day two. Um, but, <laughs> or day three, whatever we're at. Um, the other thing to mention is with your trades there, like you said, there's guys like someone like a Luke Thompson, for example, who keeps on plugging away, knocking out good minutes, plays the buy, is also dual position. So he's the kind of guy you can bring in for the buy, but he'll also provide really good coverage for the front mm-hmm. and back row going on for the season. So don't bring in guys who probably just play round 17, then will become redundant. Make sure they're going to form a party of the side, even if it's just going to be depth for the run home. I'm going to – I'll clip this up next week. Um, Desi's saying that he's only using three trades, and I'm almost certain that he'll have used five trades come this time next week, and we'll uh, we'll play it back on show. And Spy, it's a really – it's another good point you make because – I don't think people should be looking to use any more than sort of, you know, maybe four or five trades in the next two weeks. Again, if you've saved a lot of trades, you can use a couple more. But the case to do it is if people are selling Nathan Cleary and potentially Nico Hines, who we'll get to in a minute, there's going to be a stupid amount of cash lying around. So if as a result of that, you can trade guys like Stefano Utakamanu, Spencer Lenyu's, these guys who are basically redundant in your team, they've done the job or haven't done a job, whatever, and you're building a really strong team with great depth, I think that's okay. But if you're trading out as a part of your five trades this week, guns and lots of guns, uh, that's when it, it becomes an issue. So just keep that in mind, uh, I think, for this week. Um, Desi, you touched on already that you're aiming your trades at guys playing round 17. Spire, any of your trades targeted at guys who may not be playing round 17, but more for the run home? Just for feeder at this stage, but I have spent the, the better part of the last month grabbing in a few guys, including Harry Grant. I've kept Tom Travojevic. I've still got Cleary. So once I get for feeder back in, 
that will give me personally the guys I want for the run home outside of Pappenhausen. So I won't have to bring anyone else back in post-origin, um, except obviously when bikes get injured and suspended and the like. So, so that's where I'm at at the moment. Mm, yeah. Uh, at this stage, I want to be using three this week and two next week. <clears throat> that will give me around about 12 to 14 for around 17 players, probably closer to the 12. Uh, the issue is that, I mean, the the news in the recent days is around Dane Gagai, around what Tommy Turbo did last round with his double ton. I now have to look at doing things like Gutherson to Turbo, which I was hoping not to do until after Origin, uh, selling Nathan Cleary. So that's really thrown a spanner in the works. And, you know, Tommy, who's a guy who's not playing round 17, but I'm terrified not to own him against the Dogs this week because I think he gets another double ton. He's that good. And the side the Dogs have thrown out uh, is horrendous. So, yeah, I'm just – I'm a little bit on the fence with my trades at the moment, especially with so many to use. What do you reckon, Spy? I'll just put my hand up to say something there and I totally forget what it was, so carry on. No worries, <laughs> mate. We'll move on to that one for now and uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of chat about it on the socials over the next week or two. Anyway, uh, guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Adam DeRussi is the CEO and founder. He's an SC Playbook contributor and an absolute weapon with his article. Uh, that excited read that one each week. Quantum are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Hit us up for more details on that on our socials if you are interested. Boys, let's jump into our hot topics of the week. We'll already have covered a few of them, uh, but it's funny, after having a week off the podcast last week for the first time since about January, literally, it's uh, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, we've spoken about Nathan Cleary. The interesting one there, boys, is Cody Walker. If Cleary misses Origin 3, which looks likely, Desi, is Cody the man to come in uh, and deputise in the halves alongside Jerome Luai? Or even it would be a case of Jack White and starting Cody Walker. I suppose the question is, for anyone who does know Cody Walker and would almost certainly be looking to get him in this week, do you still do it? Or the fact that he's a decent chance of missing uh, round 17, does that make him not a buy? Oh, it's a very tough one, isn't it? Um you, you could see Whiten just going into the halves and maybe they bring on Gutho as a utility. Mm. Um, but yeah, you could certainly hold off buying Walker until you've, you very much know for sure whether he's playing. Uh, so I can see why you'd opt out of it this week. But yeah, it's such a juicy matchup. So he's almost a straight C this week uh, against the Tigers after what they served up last week. But yeah, I can see why you'd hold off. He it doesn't seem like an absolute must have. He's not he's not scoring two hundreds yet, put it that way. I think, mate well, first of all, I cannot I could be proven wrong here, but I can't see Whiten pairing with Jerome Luai on the blues side. They're both left footers, they're both five eights. I think you want that controlling seven to play with one of them. So I actually think Mitch Moses might come in just as a like for like player. There's two things. He's like-for-like like in terms of his kicking game is similar style-wise. Um, he plays he plays that sort of half-back role where he can finish sets quite well. Um, and I know Freddie's a massive fan. That's the biggest one. So I personally, I'd love to pick Cody Walker because I, I think he can play half-back, 5'8", full-back, wherever you need him. He's a gun. But I reckon Mitch Moses is going to be every chance if clear is ruled out. And it won't be Whiten. He'll, be, he'll stay at 14. So I think it does make sense. I guess you could give it a week, but then also you can bring him in against uh, the Tigers this week. He's going to be a keeper anyway, isn't he, post-origin? So even if he does get named, uh, I'd still be happy to have him in my side. So you probably don't have to panic too much just because you can keep him long-term uh, and he could have a day out at Leichhardt if, if things don't go the Tigers' way again. 
Mm. You think they'll go Moses over A-Ray? <clears throat> Very interesting call, isn't it? Uh, could be either, to be honest, but I just know Freddie is a big fan of Mitch and he's playing pretty good footy this year. But yeah, Reynolds is obviously a great option as well. Yeah, look, we, I mean, we know I'm Cody Walker's number one fanboy, but I, I'm, I'm with you, Spy, in that I don't think... Yeah, I don't think Jackie Whiten and Jerome Luai probably suited halves being that more traditional 5'8 ball running half. I think Cody Walker probably doesn't get the raps he deserves in terms of game management and getting a side around the park because he's next to Adam Reynolds there, who is that traditional halfback who does a lot of the organising, a lot of the kicking, but Cody does a lot of it as well. Uh, and, you know, while while he and Jerome Luai are probably not, again, a traditional pairing, gee, I think they can do some damage together. Jerome Luai's short kicking game as well has come on leaps and bounds over the last sort of 6 to 12 months. So it'll be interesting with which way he goes. But on a more Supercoach-relevant point, uh, I, I'm with both of you in that even if Cody Walker were to miss out on round 17, I still think he's a tremendous buy at a decent price with a really good run of games coming up for the Bunnies. So I, I think he's probably a good buy regardless. Boys, a massive one this week. Um, with news of Cleary you know, being a probable sell for a lot of people, it turns a different sort of light onto Nico Hines, who we all thought he was going to be a big cash grab. Um, you know, he's 824K, break even of 137, which is achievable by his standards. Uh, won't play round 17. Everyone was thinking sell Nico Hines. I'll start with you, Desi. Is Nico Hines still definitely a sell this week, especially with a little bit of uncertainty around Ryan Pappenhausen? Or is there a case maybe to hold Nico Hines now that a lot of people are selling Cleary, who will be the avenue to a lot of cash? Yeah, there's definitely the case there to, sell, uh, to hold him, sorry, one more week. Uh, if, he, if he's playing one more week at fullback, you hold him. It's as simple as that. In my eyes, uh, I don't see why you would want to sell him. He's a center wing who's all but guaranteed 80 to 100 points, even against the Roosters. I'd still think he goes pretty bloody well. He might not hit that break even, but he'll only lose you like, what, 30, 40K probably? Yeah, not heaps. It's, it's just not It's not worth selling him, I don't think. Completely agree, mate. I, I wasn't going to sell him anyway. I think it comes back to that discussion about points over price. He potentially scores 120 on any given week against any side. So I think you want to keep him in your side as long as possible. If Pappy happens to also sort of have some sort of setback and he's, you know, he might get another headache or something in the next two weeks, Hines then stays in the side a bit longer. So I think he's a definite hold regardless of what happens with Cleary. Uh, and you just got to cop that bit of a hit. If he does happen to score a 60 or 70 this weekend, you just deal with it uh, and go from there. Hmm. Or if Munster or Hughes go down for that matter, uh, he probably slots into the halves anyway. So it's just it's one of them ones that there's a lot of things that can go wrong within the Melbourne side that would see Nico Hines get an extended role. Um, you know, Pappy, you know, it's just Pappy might come back and cop a head knock or something. Although if Pappy was to be named round eighteen or round nine, and we'd probably get rid of Nico anyway. But uh, it's interesting, and and I think it's easier said than done prior to the Cleary news. But as as I said, with Cleary being a probable sell now. There's your bank. That is a shite load of money for us. So uh, very, very interesting stuff there. Boys, other massive one this week. TPJ, um, three weeks out, I believe it is, with suspension, which would mean he misses round 16. He was missing round 17 anyway because Brisbane had the bye. 18, 19. So Spire, he'd be back around 20, yeah? Yeah, that's right, mate. What are you doing with him? Look, initially I was happy just to hold because uh, we know he's going to be good at the back end of the year and he can save that trade. But when I had a look at my forward depth, 
Uh, it's it's not that strong, to be honest. Obviously, back lines are stacked this year to a degree. So I think getting in someone else who can just cover that buy to get the extra points, plus probably the bringing that dual flexibility that Pangai was offering uh, could be important, depending on your lineup. If, you, if you've got plenty of forwards, I don't mind just holding on to him through the buy period and he'll be back soon enough, but there's no issues with selling me if you need to. I am. At this stage, Desi, I'm looking to hold him because I think he'll be a very, very valuable sort of semi-pod for the run home. Dual front row, second row. Uh, to do it, that'll leave me short in the front row, so I'll be going Utakamanu to one of the front rows that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, what do you think, though, mate? What are you doing with TPJ? I've got to hold him. I, I don't have enough trades left to to uh, sell him. There's there's really not that much on offer at front row. Um, probably three or four guys maybe you could sell him to, but the points just aren't worth it uh, for the trades used. Hmm. I'm a bit the same, mate. Um, as I said, it'll depend on what teams can and can't cover him, but uh, in particular, when he is back, that dual front row, second row is so, so valuable, so... You know, I'll be looking to hold him for that one. Um, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw two manly questions at you, Desi. Firstly, Ruben Garrick, 728K. Uh, the bloke is on an absolute tear. I've got a few stats here that I'll read out for him when I get to them. Uh, so Ruben Garrick, he what had another massive ton last week. He's averaging 79 points per game, five tons in his last nine games. That... Average overall with Tommy Trebojevic on board, I don't have the exact numbers, but it'd be significantly higher. I'd be looking at, you'd be thinking probably 90 plus. Um, are you forking out the cash this week for Rubes, Desi, or not? Yeah, I think you have to. I think he'll be a keeper, 728K. It looks a lot on paper, but this year there's just so much money floating around, especially for selling Cleary and whatnot. I don't think money's an issue at all with Garrick, mm-hmm. and he's going to be the second best center wing for the run home. So, I think he, if you'd be mad to not get on him. All right. Part two of this question for you, Des, um, and it ties into each other perfectly. If, <clears throat> Firstly, do you think Tommy Trebojevic is going to play this week? He's been named to play. Uh, they have the luxury of a six-day turnaround, Manly, uh, which is excellent for Tommy, obviously, for Origin, and he should be okay to back up. My issue is he had the little a- ankle niggle during the game in Origin just after halftime, which probably was nothing to worry about, to be honest. Um, but with the lineup the doggies have thrown out, Manly will not lose that game. I can't see it happening. So do they need to risk playing him? If he does get a rest, and we find that information later in the week, there'll be no Tommy Trebojevic for Ruben Gate this week or next week against the Raiders. Do you still get him? Yeah, you still get him, 100%. Uh, he's he's a keeper for the run home, Garrick. By far the second best center wing. All right. Spy, same questions for you. Yeah. I agree that he's pretty close to a must-have, but pending the Cleary news, he's very expensive, so you're going to have to give up something elsewhere. So whilst I think he's really important to try and get him, you might not be able to. Um, in saying that, I'll be getting him. <laughs> mm. Very well, boys. Uh, yeah, I'm on the fence with Garrick at the moment. He, as I said, If Tommy Trebojevic does play this week, good Lord, I hope he doesn't, but hard uh, massive for Garrick. Boys... Three big front row options this week that people are looking to turn TPJ into to give them another another number in the front row forward. Adam Fanua Blake, bit over 400k, back from injury, looking pretty good. We know he's got a good ceiling on him. Takiaho, under 400k, unbelievably. Hasn't hit his straps this year, hasn't been that good. 
did play a massive 71 minutes last game for the Roosters, which would see him become a keeper if anything near that would have persist, which it won't. Uh, versus Marty Tapao, who's had a bit of a supercoach resurgence this season, started offloading again, which is the key factor to his supercoach game, uh, about a month ago. And then I don't think he's offloaded again. I think he's offloaded once in the last three games. Um, I'll start with you, Des. AFB, TKO, Tapao. What's your order there to go in? Um, I would probably have AFB, uh, number one. I think he's just the most destructive player. Um, coming back from injury, it's always a worry, but I just think he's, yeah, he's a massive wrecking ball. I, I'd have to power second and, and, uh, TKO. I still have him in my team. Um, still. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's coming in. Um, I actually have Paul Vaughan at 395k. Uh, same price as TKO, same average as him. I think he's a better option, honest, honestly, yeah. And he mm. plays that buy round as well. And, and Vaughan's minutes have been increasing sneakily. Vaughan, the incredible Hulk. A uh, bit of a, another Supercoach blast from the past. Um, yeah, interesting, mate. So, Desi, Tika and Tapao, there's about a 160k price difference between them. Even considering that price, you'd still go Tapao over him? Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think money's going to be a, a major issue for a lot of people mm. over the next few weeks. That, that, there's millions free, getting freed up, probably. Yeah. As, uh, as someone who's planned for this longevity sort of thing, uh, I didn't account for a million-dollar Nathan Cleary and these likes of these sort of players, so it's a bit of a bugger, but uh, depth will still be key. Spy, what have you got on those, mate? Fanua Blake, TKO to power, and then a new one, Paulie Vaughan. Yeah, I'd probably go to Powell initially at the front there just to, for reliability and longevity. Um, probably AFB at two just due to his massive upside that he can bring, although injury history is a risk. And that's the reason I've got um, Takiaho at three as well, just given his injuries this year. You just don't quite know what minutes he's going to get week to week, not goal kicking anymore. So I've got him at three. I won't comment on Vaughan yet because I haven't looked at him, but that is very cheap. Uh, I know mm. he set up a try last week or last round, so that inflated things a bit. But they'd be my three. And just the important one, boys, we talk about that freeing up of cash if you are to sell someone like Cleary, which is absolutely true. But if you're planning on getting back, you're going to need that cash to get him back at some stage as well. So you've got to be careful there um, and just have a bit of a plan in place. If you're not looking at getting back, it doesn't matter, uh, but just something to consider. Mm. Uh, yep, I'd go AFB, although injury history does worry me. He burnt me actually late last year and cost me two trades. I'd probably narrowly have Tapao ahead of TKO. I think Tapao probably scores more, but pretty big difference in price. Uh, and then just on Vaughney, he's the only one of the three who doesn't play round 17. So uh, as a guy with all of them three probably just looking to be my backup um, front row player anyway, um, I'd probably be looking to get someone who plays round 17 there. Desi. All, right, all this talk of selling Nathan Cleary, uh, who's the replacement, mate? Because the two big ones on the list are SJ and uh, Cody Nikarima. I think you may even already have SJ already. Are you, are you still firm on it being SJ over Nikarima, or who, who would you go to? Yep, I've I've got SJ already, but I'm actually going to bring him Nikarima as well. I think I'm going to slot them both in. Um, I think they're much the much, very, uh, but SJ's got a better draw, obviously. But now that he's sort of already moving clubs, he might not be sort of, yeah, he's not playing for a contract anymore. So he might tone it down a bit, but I think Nikarima's probably a more solid pick if you're higher up the rankings. Mm. Um, but SJ's definitely, it's daunting to not own him with that draw. 
Both of them have terrific, terrific jaws. Um, the shark is in particular. Spy? Yeah, I, I'm a Nicarima man this year. Um, we speak about injury history a lot, and that's my concern around SJ. Uh, we know he can miss a game at the drop of the hat. He's been out in basically a warm-up a couple of times. I'd hate to buy him over Nicarima, and round 17 he pulls out either week of the game or day of the game, and Nicarima goes on and scores 100. Uh, so for me, that gives Nicarima the edge. The Warriors' run home as well is phenomenal. I know the Sharks is pretty good as well, but it's consistently good. The Warriors, they've got a lot to play for with Rogers last season, and he's goal-kicking extremely well. Uh, there's a bit of talk that Chad's going over there. Maybe he takes a kicking, but I just can't see that happening, the way Cody's hitting him. So I'm a Cody man at this stage over SJ, um, with injury history being the tiebreaker there. <clears throat> nice, mate. Uh, Jason Tamalolo, I jumped on him two weeks ago. Again, it, it funded another one of my trades, and it was a bit of a rush-rush decision. Oh, I didn't want to play Jason Saab in my team. who got about 15 that night, so it paid off all right. We had a good chat about him last podcast. I think it was us three as well. I'd already bought him. Uh, I didn't think he was a, such a buy last week as he was the week before. Um, Desi liked him as a buy as well. Spy didn't. Came out last game, 54 points in 57 minutes. Had three tackle breaks, which was a sign of, you know, hopefully a little bit of improvement there in his game. Spies down to 475k, plays round 17. Any more temptation now, or you've just put a line through him for the time being? Man, I just missed who you said there. It just dropped out. Which player were you discussing? Tamalolo. Tamalolo, yeah, nah, same thoughts. Um, I don't mind him as an option potentially next week. Let's see how he goes this week. If he's on the up and looking good. Yeah, why not at that price? You can lock him in, but I think, look, in short, I think there's better options, but maybe you can change my mind over the coming weekend. Mm. And another bloke we spoke about last podcast, Spy, is Dave Fafita, who you just mentioned before that you were looking to get him into your side. I'm going to raise the same concerns I raised last time. I know you said that you know he, he could go massive and, and be that pod little early play for you, but 700K, he's getting down to a very affordable rate. Break even of 132, um, he just seems like he's a buy for round 18 and it's got, got him written all over him. Um, you're still going early? Just getting on the attack, mate. Yeah, I'll get him in this week. And my purely my thinking is purely tactical. I'm sitting 290th. I know a lot of the top 100 don't own him at this stage. So I just want to try to get ahead of the curb. If he can come out and score 130 for me when people don't own, I'll be laughing and that give me a bit of momentum. Um, and if not, so be it. But it's an attacking move to try and gain some ground this stage. Mm, fair play, mate. Uh, plenty of stuff covered already. Good stuff, boys. F- absolutely firing on on, uh, on return from the spell. Let's get stuck into our antipod and pod plays of the week. And Desi, I'll start with you. Yeah, I don't really actually have much for antipod and pod play. I guess antipod would be Mitch Barnett, as we've already talked about. And pod play, I actually like Paul Vaughan. Uh, I had a bit of a look at him. Um, he's very much slipping under the radar at 395k. Um, yeah, I think he's just a massive pick up for round 17 buys he's a pretty safe 50 to 60 points each week and i feel like at 395k he's very undervalued right now um italian stallion mate Uh, yeah but mate not playing round 17 oh yeah right yeah disregard that then You know, mate, you, just... made, you, you made me jump. I was thinking, oh, Vaughn, I'm like, how did I miss him? Like, round 17 coverage, 395K, looking the goods. Oh, shit, he's not playing round 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disregard it then. I'm off chops. Um, all right, I'll, I'll just put a bold prediction in then for old time's sake. I'll right. say 
uh, Cody Walker and Alex Johnson to combine for 300 points against the Tigers. <laughs> you are an animal. He's oh, back. Jesus. The Desi Spy, I'll throw to you, mate, after that. It's a tough act to follow, following anything Desi says, basically. <laughs> That's unbelievable saying, but I like it. And it is it is possible on Sunday. I mean, that could happen. Um, my pod play of the week, we just discussed for feed. I think that's it. Just getting him in a week earlier than everyone else will um, and hoping he can pay dividends there. I'll just throw another two, which we've already discussed in depth, but Nick Arima and Garrick, both options that not everyone's going to bring in um, and have really good point scoring potential pass by coverage. So they're my sort of pod plays of the next week or two. Uh, Antipod, um, my favourite player, probably since I've been born, but SJ, um, I just, the reason I'm happy to antipod him or not happy to, but worth a crack is just that injury history. And the fact he could go down at any stage and leave blokes a little bit short uh, around that origin period means he could become a pretty good antipod, but don't get me wrong. Anyone who wants him, he could, he could turn up any week. It's certainly going to be a dangerous watch. Um, he's just signed back at home for next year as well. So he'd be fired up. Um, so it could go either way. A nice flip of the coin there on SJ. Mm, nice one, mate. Um, I mean, just on SJ, I, I'm the same as you, mate. I, I'm his biggest fan, but uh, injury interrupted year, but averaging 54 points, he's 512K. It is a good run, and he's looking very good. I'll give him that. Um, only basing 17 per game, but you can obviously throw goals on top of that as additional sort of base stats for him. Doesn't have a score over 80 yet. Has you know two scores under 30. I think there's just enough red flags there with his injury history on top of that to make me stay off him as well. Um, and it kills me to say it, but yeah, I think so. My antipod play of the week, I think just holding TPJ, I'm pretty sure he's the most sold player this week. Uh, that may change pending further news on Nathan Cleary. But uh, I, I said, I just, to be mis- I think I can cover him in the meantime. And provided I do that, I think he's going to be a really, really nice pod play for the run home. Uh, or at least for the one game that he comes back and plays before getting suspended for another six weeks. But um, I'll enjoy that one game while it lasts. My pod play, I've got two of them that I'll touch on. Jesse Ramian, who we haven't spoken about much yet. We spoke about him in depth on the last podcast. 3.8% ownership, which will go up this week, I assume. Uh, But probably more importantly, Dane Gagai is still only at 4% ownership. And I think he's a brilliant play. The spy, the genius went early on him last week uh, for his big ton. Because he doesn't offer round 17 coverage, I can see people potentially avoiding him and staying pretty low ownership. He's got a negative 45 break even, a dream draw for the Bunnies, uh, which means, you know, basically if he scores his 80 or 90 this week, or even a bit less, he'll go up to almost 700K next week and people aren't going to be able to afford him. So um, I'm thinking potentially going maybe a gag eye over someone like Ruben Garrick as you know, probably similar as pod levels, but Garrick, I think, might be close to the most traded in this week or thereabouts. So uh, I think I think the Scott Spy uh, nailed it there with Gagai last week, and I'm looking at maybe doing the same this week, I reckon. Yeah, boy. Boys, on to our top sport punting plays. Touching on last week's punts, Des and the Spy standard their, their standard weekly failure. Uh, I came home with the Storm, Rabbitohs, and Eels all covering their big lines, paying about 7 bucks. so you're welcome for that one. Overall leaderboard. Uh, brings me a lot of joy reading this out, but I'm up to $145 profit based on $10 puns. Desi, you're in second place, up nine. That's a profit for punters. That's all they can ask for. Uh, the Spy, mate, you're down to negative $17.50. What, what do you got to say about that? 
Well, I'll just say if anyone wants some genuine tips, just hit me up on Twitter on the weekend. I got a 35 to 1 same game multi in the Manly game on the weekend. Oh. Before, but doesn't count because it wasn't on the podcast. No, nah, he doesn't count at all. Doesn't count in your ROI. Um, guys, if you want to follow our tips, all marks and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If joining up, use the code SC Playbook when you do it. 18 plus only and gamble responsibly. They are the home of the only true NRL same game multi. Uh, seriously good stuff. I punched it into one or two of the other sports betting companies, the exact same same game multi last week, and Top Sport gave us about 2 or $3 extra value on it. The odds add up way better. So uh, check them out uh, if you are keen on doing that. Desi, what's your plays this week? Yeah, I mean, I obviously like the look of that uh, South Sydney versus Tigers game at Leichhardt on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty safe one for South Sydney. So I'll say there, South to cover the line, AJ to score two or more tries, and Cody Walker to score two or more tries. Mm, I yeah, think, nice. yeah, that, that'll be full strength. So it should pretty, uh, be a pretty comfortable win for them. Yeah, there's a few pretty enticing games for same game multis this week with the big blowout score lines likely. Spy, what have you found, mate? Get back in the in the black. <clears throat> All right, early weekly prediction. We'll go Manly to cover the line against the Bulldogs. Um, hopefully, Tommy plays to ensure that happens. Into got a decision here to make. It's either Alex Johnson first try scorer or Alex Johnson to score two tries. Um, Let's go Alex Johnson to score a double just because they'll probably play similar odds or maybe a little bit less. But, yeah, Manly line into Alex Johnson double, Sunday Abbo. The Alex Johnson double at $1.06 will really boost up your, your multi-odds <laughs> there. Um, oh, I've got – I think the Manly line against the Dogs, that Dogs outfit is just depleted, um, is 20 and a half. I think Manly will crush that in the form that they're in, provided Turbo plays. I was going to say put a line through it if Turbo did get ruled out in the fact that we record on Tuesday evenings, but you know what, stuff it. If Turbo doesn't play, I still think they'll crush it. If he plays, that is one of the, the best bets you'll see in a while, I think. So you get about a dollar ninety. I think it was a dollar ninety-five for that. Uh, so I'm going to manly to cover the line into the Rabbitohs to cover the line against the Tigers. Um, although surely the Tigers bounce back after that trashing the other week. Uh, that'll give you odds of about, I think, 360 or 370. I won't throw it in there, but I think Panthers with a negative six line against the Eels, even without Nathan Cleary, uh, is still a pretty good bet too. Um, fellas, it sounds like we're all a little bit still working out our trades this week with so much going on and, and five trades to utilise. But let's have a look at our round 16 trades and skippers. Des, what have you got for us? Yeah, I think uh, I've locked in Ruben Garrick and Nicarimo's trades in, but I'm not sure on my last trade there, or whether I'll use uh, all five, who knows. Um, but for the VC, I actually like SJ against the Broncos. And the C, I'll probably chuck on one of the South boys, probably Cody Walker. Mm, nice, mate. Uh, Spite? At this stage, I'm looking to bring in David Fafita, Ruben Garrick, Cody Nicarima, and Luke Thompson for Tavita Pangai Jr. there, and a few other guys who I drop will depend on the Cleary news <laughs> and a few other things. What I was going to mention earlier, which I forgot forgot about when you threw to me, but I've only got eight players for the second buy. So I know, yeah. Tim, you said you've got like 12 or something, which is amazing, but don't panic if you hear that news. I've genuinely got eight players maximum going into next week, and they're all good players, so they're not bit part players who'll hopefully score 20 or 30, but yeah, eight I think is still an okay number if they're reasonable players for next weekend. Uh, in terms of vice-captain-captain this weekend... 
Tommy's the obvious one if he plays. Um, they're obviously concerned he could get rested early, but uh, obviously learnt that lesson last week. What I could do though, given given my lineup, is vice captain Tommy into an easy loop on on Sunday if I need to, uh, and then pick another ki- skipper in like a Cody Walker or even a David Fafita in the match after if I want to do that. Uh, but yeah, Tommy will be heavily in the mix there if he plays, and we'll decide mm. close to the weekend exactly what I'm going to do there. Spide, Luke Thompson bores me as a buy. Um, I've spoken about him a fair bit before, but I think his minutes will probably be good again this week and next week because uh, they have a few people who broke COVID protocol, I think, so they're missing for this week and they have a few other injuries. Adam Elliott's out as well. But his minutes, I think, maybe coinciding with Josh Jackson's return. Um, Played 47 last week, but there was a sin bin in that. The week before, he played 51. Week before that, 61, which is fine. And the week before that, 46 minutes. Um, you know, averaging 66 this season, 56 base, which is very good. But his last four weeks with those minutes reducing, there's no ceiling on him whatsoever. Mate, he just seems – I feel like – I know the dual second row, front row is, is very handy for depth, but he's a very unexciting buy. Yeah, he'd purely be a depth player for me. If you could average me 60, giving me coverage at front and back row, that's really what I'm after, plus the buying yeah. average. But in saying that, I'll have a look. The way my trades have panned out today, it looks like all my front row, second rows will be sitting in my front row, which means I can't flick them about week to week, which means Thompson gets a little bit less enticing there. So maybe I'll go someone with upside. But just looking at the front row there, there's just not much on offer. So I think if you can get someone to lock in 60 and score elsewhere, that that might be my thinking at the moment. But we'll, again, we'll see how we go close to the weekend. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, my trades, look, they're completely up in the air at the moment. I'll I'll be on the subscriber special podcast this week and I'll have – I should have my trades sorted out by then for anyone uh, to have a listen to that one. But at the moment, I, I think I'll pretty well lock in Uta Kamanu for Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, I don't know who I'll be going Cleary to at this stage. Um, that news that just sort of unfolded throughout the day, sort of I really didn't want to trade him, but I might, might be forced to as we've spoken about. One that another one I really didn't want to have to make this week, but <clears throat> I can't handle not having Tommy Turbo on my team this week. I think I'll, I'll probably end up going Gutherson with the tough match against Penrith this week and then by next week, going him to Tommy Turbo, um, knowing very well that I expect Turbo to miss this week. Sorry, round 17 and then round 18. So you know, it doesn't, it's not great, but I just think you have to have him this week and, and it killed me watching him last week. And then... Looking to get Dane Gagai into my team as well, uh, which may even push my numbers to sort of 11 or 12 for next week, pending what happens. Skippers, if I get Tommy Turbo in, it'll be him by the length of the Flemington Strait. Uh, if I don't, it'd be Cody Walker, I think, on the Sunday afternoon there against the Tigers. Boys, let's get stuck into a few questions to wrap it up. Uh, and <clears throat> the first one's from Matty Broom, and he just he mentioned that one about... Basically, Gutho to Turbo, uh, which we just spoke about. Going a little bit earlier on having to, to get Tommy back in your team, but real keen on that one. Um, one from the Supercoach Sponge. Desi, he asks, Harry Grant and the cheese as a hooker combo for the run home. What are your thoughts? Uh, and my question is directed at everyone except the man himself. How can I catch the Supercoach spy? So, Desi, Grant and cheese, the hookers on the run home, or, or are there other hookers that you like? Um. Yeah, I have no uh, no qualms with it, honestly. Uh, I think the cheese is on fire this season. I'll probably be holding him. Mm. Um, and obviously, Harry's a keeper as well. So I have, I have no issue doing that. Uh, you could either combo them both or have them both paired with probably Cook or 
Braley or Marnie. I think there's lots of um, potential combinations for the run home. And if you want to catch the spy, just take the uh, uh, take what he's doing and go against it. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah, the downside of the podcast, you know exactly what trades people are doing, so you can go against them. Uh, I'm currently running Braley and Harry Grant, and I've got uh, the Cheese, Brandon Smith, in my second row, so uh, very happy to run them three for the run home. But there are a few other options. You may be throw Damien Cook into the mix as well after Origin as a potential um, who, who are you drinking for your your two hooker spy and mate uh, the sponge throwing a bit of shade at you? Yeah, good shade from the sponge. Um, I've had a chat to him since that question. Actually, he's a good man there. Or look, I'd actually like Reed Marnie as my backup to Harry Grant once they both get fit. But I honestly don't think trades are, are going to allow it. And given how equal a lot of the hookers are, Cheese, uh, Braley, Marnie, all these types of guys, Bloody hell. it's not it's not going to be someone I'm going to waste a trade on to get in necessarily. But I think Marnie and Harry Grant could be the, the huge go. But yeah, nothing wrong with Cheese and, uh, and Harry. And the upside there, if Harry does go down with that Hemi again, Cheese should get more minutes, which is good. Boys, really interesting one in the next question from from Ben. How about this Verrills chap? I need a cheap hooker. Um, I don't like maybe a good one for Reed Marnios, but Sam Verrills, starting hooker for the Roosters. He was the starting hooker for them in the devastating twenty nineteen Grand Final. Serious footballer cannot take a trick with injuries. Um, I that's he's he's two forty seven k starting for the Roosters plays round seventeen. Uh, what do you reckon, Spy? Or, or yeah, what do you reckon on is is he an option or? Well, I have to have a look into him now. Um, yeah. The first thing I'll do there is go straight to NRL Supercoach Stats dot uh, com. There, check out his points per minute. If he's going to be averaging your sort of fifty plus potentially at that price, he could just be a backup hooker. If you need him there, free up cash elsewhere to do whatever the hell you want uh, and then obviously play the buy as well. So potentially, but unless he's – I'd want decent backup. I want him to be averaging probably 50-plus minimum, ideally 55, 60. But yeah, I'll take that on notice and go for a look and, and have a look at that one. Mm, very, very interesting one there. Uh, a question from Osman. Highest total scoring, not averaging front row forward from now until the end of season – out of Hass, AFB, or TKO. Now, we've basically answered that question with two of them, but the one we haven't spoken about is Payne Hass, who obviously you wouldn't be buying this. Well, I mean, you could buy him this week if you wanted. You'd be going early, but Desi, Payne Hass, he, he just hasn't hit his straps uh, this season, has he, in Supercoaches? He's only averaging 60, 61 points, um, basing 54 per game, which is still elite, but not really offloading, not really tackle busting. Um, what's happened to Payne Huss, mate? Is he is he still a buy post-origin or not really knocking the door down, is he? Yeah, no, I think uh, there's a few people at the Broncos who have, I guess, stepped up their workloads and Haas isn't getting as, as much ball. Um, one being Matt Lodge as well, um, affecting it, and Tavita Pangai as well. So I think Haas will come good. I, I think he'll be still the highest averaging front row forward for the from now until the end of the season. So I think most teams will get him in after after State of Origin, um, and he'll be super solid for you in front row for the run home. Spy, we've we've really overlooked him, um, Payne House, which is a funny thing to say, and that, that's what happens with Origin players uh, who obviously aren't going berserk. It is easy to overlook them. Mate, is he an option to go early on this week uh, if you're not too worried about round 17? 
Look, similar to the hooking situation, given what he's doing, I really like him. You'd love to have him in your side, but given the amount of trades we've had to use and still will have to use, do you want to drop a bloke for Haas if they're going to average roughly similar or Haas is only going to average a couple more? For me, it's probably a no at this stage. He's more of a luxury buy that you could have in there. Uh, don't buy him yet. I'd be waiting to after Origin. If you could start offloading a little bit more, maybe a few extra minutes as the Broncos look to avoid the spoon, then he could be a really good buy for the run home. But I think I'd just sit and wait for the moment, see how your trades are looking over the next month. And then if you've got one to spare, you could you could jam him in for the finals there. Hmm. The only thing would be, which which makes a pretty fair argument, if you're running, say, Isaiah Papali'i and Tevita Pangai Jr. at front row, and then you have no decent reserves and and you sort of have to get one in. Maybe you want to hold Tavita Pangai Jr. Stefano Utakamanu to pay in harsh, you can do for just over 100K. Amazing for your depth. Yes, you don't get the round 17 player, but, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty serious trade, and you're not getting rid of anyone decent to, to fund it, are you? It's definitely a good option, yeah. If you look at it that way, absolutely. Mm. Um, boys, question from Pat. Do we see Ramian as a run home top five centre wing? Also, is Sivo a hold or an upgrade option? We had a really good in-depth chat last podcast about our top five centre wings for the run home. So jump onto that and have a, a listen to it if you're keen on that one. But just in short, Desi, is Ramian top five centre wing run home? Yes, I believe no? so. I believe so, yep. Spite? Yeah, probably, barring injury, we there and about, I'd say. Yeah, it could be a good option. Mm, okay. Question from TJ. Uh, he asked about the front rowers. Also, can flip Jack Bird to Tupu? Is that a luxury trade? Uh, I'll jump on that one. It's No, it's a great trade. I just think check out what your trades are um, this week, or probably more so next week, because Tupu, the Roosters had that really tough game against the Storm this week. Tupu, break even of 111, 523K. So while money isn't everything, as we've said, he's going to be a lot cheaper next week. You'd have to think. He then plays the Bulldogs uh, in round 17. Really, really good draw coming up. Then plays the Cowboys and the Knights. Uh, I think Tupu's an excellent buy and one who's sort of really flown under the radar. Averaging 60 points, 31 in base. Uh, excellent trade. And if you want to go early on it this week because we've got the five trades, I think it's a great move. Uh, just don't expect him to necessarily score that big this week. But going forward, uh, I think he's a terrific trade. And another one to consider, I know you don't really want to be bringing in um, players and not playing them in your team, but we talk, we've talked about all these halfbacks. We sort of haven't spoken too much about Sammy Walker, who's obviously got the injury um, risk over him. But if you wanted to say hold on to Cleary for one more week just to have a look, uh, maybe getting more information on his shoulder, Sammy Walker's uh, break-even for 106, 496K. He's going to be down to hopefully about 450, 460K next week, then plays the Dogs in round 17. So... Um, just a bit of food for thought there as well uh, on the, the halfback situation at the moment. Uh, and last but not least from Scotty D. Desi, should we trade out every Queensland player? They'll probably cramp up late in games from dehydration from all the tears over the weekend. Someone send them some electrolytes. Uh, unfortunately for any Queensland listeners, they're stuck with three Blues fans on this. So, um, Desi, you prophesized it, a Blues whitewash. Yep. Uh, trade out everyone except David Fafita. Yeah, good one. Um, All right, boys, that was a good show today. Let's wrap that one up there. Thank you, Spy. Welcome back, boys. How good? Uh, Good luck on the weekend and uh, good to be back on. Beauty, mate. Thanks, Desi, boy. Good luck yourself there, Spy. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully you can keep the momentum. You too, Timmy. Thanks, mate. Cheers, boys. Thanks for tuning in.